everyone, how are you doing today? It's Yuli here. I'm your host for today's show, and I think today is a really great episode. I'm talking to Richard Happy. He's the marketing manager of Liquid Space. Liquid Space is an amazing and interesting tool which specifically helps people who are working remotely. So I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. You'll learn how Richard and Liquid Space are combining remote work with a large office network. You'll learn different tools Richard and Liquid Space are using to run their team remotely, and more specifically, different marketing tools as well. You'll learn the favorite reading material from Richard about marketing. You'll hear what helps Liquid Space in general run remotely with success and much more. Hope you enjoy. All right. So we have today Richard Happy. He's the marketing manager in Liquid Space, and he's here with us on the show to talk about remote work. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Really great chatting with you. Yeah, for sure. I, I thought maybe to give a bit more context to anyone who will listen about maybe yourself, maybe you could share about your role in Liquid Space and what Liquid Space uh, does. Yeah, for sure. So Liquid Space is the largest flexible office network in the world. We um, we're basically the easy button for any company that needs flexible office space, and that's from an hour in you know a meeting room to a day passed at a co-working, up to three years or even longer in um, flexible space. So we work a lot with um, in individual providers, the biggest workspace as a service companies, as well as institutional owners, landlords, traditional commercial real estate firms to find the best possible flexible office options and whether a lot of people think, you know, there's only a few options out there for them if they want to work remotely. Um, it's either like at home or in the coffee shop or if they go into a co-working space. And we're really an answer to that problem. And in the last, you know, seven-ish years, flexible office has been this really huge growing trend. And it's not only people like entrepreneurs and individuals and startup companies and small companies, but enterprises are starting to make, take notice, for example. You know, there, there are companies out there like IBM did a huge deal in 2017 for um, some co-working space. And, and we also have some large enterprise clients that turn to us for their all of their flexible office needs, anything from like just mobility, they need desks, they need meeting rooms, to subleases and, and beyond. Um, so we're really that network connecting people. Um, and we have a few really interesting products that we're building around this trend. Um, maybe we can jump a little further into those later on. But sure, yeah, that's that's where we are. And I, so I'm the marketing manager at Liquid Space. I basically lead the entire marketing team here. So that everything from demand generation to social to content. My background is, you know, I'm a I'm a writer at heart. So I, I love telling stories. So it, it was just the perfect fit for me in this role. And then the added benefit of the flexibility of working at a company that not only promotes flexible work, but also lives by it was a huge draw for me. So, so our whole company uh, works remotely. We're, we're all distributed across the U.S. We have people overseas as well, contractors and stuff like that. So we really live by the quote-unquote liquid life, you know working where, where you want, when you want, uh, on your terms, flexibly, and all that. Yeah, there are absolutely lots of uh, benefits to this. So are you all guys like using your own product, like you're renting flexible office space, or most of you are working from home, or maybe how are you doing it? Exactly, yeah. We're, we're, a lot of us are using our own product uh, once in a while, but 
What's really awesome is that the people who are drawn to liquid space, most of them are digital nomads or travelers just by nature. So we'll have people who will be in five different countries in five months and they'll either you know, work from the hotel or work from a co-working space or work from you know, a friend's house or a coffee shop or stuff like that. Uh, particularly, I do a hybrid, so I'll work from home sometimes. You know, if I have a meeting where I, I want it to be super private, I don't want to be around anyone, I'll take that from home. But I also rent a space in, in Long Island City. It's a sublet, technically. And I'll work from like a lot of the co-working venues in New York, so I'm based in New York City. And then when I travel, I love to just explore some of our new venues, get to know people, maybe do some co-marketing with them. And yeah, just get to know some new interesting places because there's, there's so many of them. There's like thousands of workspaces on liquid space. So we've, we've only just cracked the surface. Yes, yeah, so sounds very cool. I, I never tried a product. I think it's something I need to try as I'm working remotely a lot. Um, and, and which criteria, if you have any criteria, like how do you choose an office? I mean, like your office can change so much. Like, do you have some criteria which, which you use maybe when you choose your own liquid space office which you want to rent um so when i choose them personally yeah i mean most of the time i'm looking for a space that like a communal environment just because I, I like being when i'm going to co-work I'm, i like to be around other people and you know have the creative vibes flowing um so I'll, I'll ch- a lot of times choose co-working spaces or like service to office type spaces but it, it really depends if i'm doing a day pass you know, they'll have to have a day pass on offer. But if I'm doing, you know, an hour, like a meeting room or something like that, then there's a lot more options because there's so many places that are rentable by the hour. But for something a little bit longer term, it, it comes down to, you know, location, accessibility, community, and, you know, everything you might bring into a decision about a permanent office, you'd have those same factors going into the decision for a, a flexible or temporary office. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Really depends on the criteria. But yeah, it sounds like your product can bring lots of the benefits and kind of upsides of working remotely of the like location independent. You mentioned they have lots of location independent, digital nomads using it. Um, um, I wanted to ask if you could share maybe some of the challenges specifically of remote work or the challenges of... Uh, being like in a company which is 100% remote if you are experiencing any any challenges from your experience? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've definitely been on both sides. I've worked in a traditional office environment and um, worked flexibly. But I think the number one thing is communication because there's nuance in communication when you're having a face-to-face chat with someone. You know, there's body language. Body language, yeah. You know, there's impressions they can give you when they're talking to you. They can show you things in a hands-on kind of way. So sort of rectify the communication issue of working distributed. There's a lot of tools that we use at the company just to sort of keep everyone on track. Like we, we have all of our documents and all of our work and everything is all, you know, cloud-based. So we're, we're a complete like Google Drive, Google Docs company. We use uh, things like Pipe Drive to monitor our lead flow. We use Gantt boards to uh, map out and deliver on projects. And we're always staying in touch with each other on video calls. We use Zoom on chat with Slack, email, and all that. So it's just trying to 
be explicit about the nuances of communication because you don't get that if you're not sitting next to someone or, or in person with someone. Yeah, I agree. I think communication is something coming back again and again, just from talking to people and myself. Yeah. We, in our team, like we always say, over-communicate in some ways specifically, whether you're writing a task, yeah. doing anything, uh, and this over-communication is usually what solves like this uh, challenge, basically. Yeah, I totally agree with that. All right, so maybe you can share a few mistakes. I don't know if you've done when you are working remotely, uh, maybe, I don't know, from structuring your day, from how you communicate, really. Are there any mistakes or something you can share which, you know, like, I know I would have changed this before, specifically regarding to the part where you're all working remotely and having a product which serves all people working remotely? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake, but at Liquid Space, they were a results-driven workspace, so everyone has autonomy to work on their own terms when they want, where they want. So having a team that's distributed across time zones, you know, you might not be at the same level as someone or, you know, someone's working or someone's off work at a certain time. I tend to work at off hours, normal hours, all hours of the night of the day. So, so sometimes, you know, I'll reach out to someone and it'll be like too late for them or too early for them. And that's something you can easily solve just with, you know, either uh, looking at their time zone, checking out their calendar, everyone has a shared calendar, or, you know, you can give someone a call or shoot them a quick message and see if they're, they're around. But waiting to the last minute when you're on separate time zones and you're distributed, I think can present some issues. But, you know, at Liquid Space, we pride ourselves, one of our core values is moving fast. So this never turned out to be an actual issue, but it's presented uh, problems in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely want to strengthen like those points. Uh, shared calendar is something we use as well, in, in specifically with different time zones and shifts. Like This is very easy, but can really make a huge difference for actually knowing when your team is online, when someone is going to be, if you need to talk to him. Any autonomy is also something which really motivates people in general more than other things. There's a great TED talk by Dan Pink, I believe. He talks about how autonomy is one of those things which actually motivates people sometimes more than salaries. Just wanted to strengthen those two points. Yeah, definitely. And we've done like research on the topic as well and found the same thing. You know, giving people autonomy, letting them take leadership, they're going to perform better in their jobs. Like something as simple as a manager giving a thank you to one of their colleagues or subordinates can really improve someone's work-life balance and how happy they are in the workplace. So, you know, connecting with people and over communicating, like you said, to, to ensure that you're a giving them autonomy, b recognizing them for their tasks and c you know, working together and everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. One, one more thing, which if you someone will go and listen to the TED talk, which I'll put a link in the show notes is it's autonomy and growth. So that's another thing, which, um, it's really interesting Like people really want to be autonomous and just le learn, and grow on their like day-to-day -day position. Yeah, and hey, flexible flexible work, working remote is probably the best uh, opportunity for both of those things or among them. I agree, I agree. If you're in fear in home, you need to kind of control your own day, control everything, you need to be autonomous, you need to be responsible for this. Yeah. How maybe, I wanted to ask, how are you structuring your day when you're working remotely to stay productive? I know it's a challenge for some people working remotely, I'm wondering, uh, how do you structure a day, like when you start the working day, if you have like anything, because 
partially mentioned you work sometimes at night, sometimes at day, and I do it as well. So I just want to know, how do you structure? So being a, a lot of my role at, at this point, it wasn't always like this in at Liquid Space, but I'm doing a lot of demand gen and lead gen and, you know, just getting in touch with people in mass to tell them about our services and reaching out to people. So that's sort of a small window because, you know, I would say it's probably like from noon Eastern to like three Eastern where I can send out emails and they won't be, you know, either too late or too early, no matter where someone is in the, in the world or in the country where we're reaching out to them. Mm-hmm. So that window is sort of blocked off for email and everything before that, I, I usually will do some prep for the email. So I'll sort my list, I'll clean everything up, I'll get the content ready. Um, and then usually everything after that, I'll do content stuff, you know, research reports, analytics, maybe dive into AdWords late at night. But, but the things that I'm doing like at off hours are really, you know, not communication based things. So all of the communications stuff that I do, like the PR outreach, the lead gen, the, uh, demand gen, all that falls into the like 12 to three Eastern window. And then since a lot of our team is on the West coast, I kind of have, um, you know, that feeling in the morning when you're up and it feels like no one else is up and it's kind of like this exciting feeling that you can Some, do whatever you want. Like I, sometimes I get it's a little night. Extra yeah. Of that. <laughs> yeah. Or at night. Yeah. I get a little extra of that being on the East coast where a lot of the teams on the West coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, sounds like you're breaking it down based on kind of the tasks or the times others are available. And I, I'm doing sort of the same. So I have even days when I'll do just meetings all day long. I'll try and squeeze in as many meetings as possible for these days or I put in time for creative work. And yeah, for me, like the night is when nobody's around. So that's like, as I said, yeah. there's some level of excitement. You can do a specific type of work where you can be distracted. I think that's also important. Exactly. And I, I do think like sort of this, the ability to be creative without having to be on a deadline comes out at night or in the morning when no one else is around because you're there to yourself. You can explore things. You can experiment. Um, you're not really running the risk of like uh, missing a, a task or a deadline or anything like that. So I agree. I'm a, I'm a night owl as well. Yeah, it's specifically related for more creative work. I know some of my developers will always like, tell me they work best at night when there's nobody around. They can just do whatever they want. Yeah. And, uh, you were saying like some days you just do meetings all day. That's my like Tuesday and my Thursday are usually my meetings days. I like to consolidate them as best as I can because sometimes it's hard, you know, getting back into the groove if you have back-to-back meetings or only a half hour or 45 minutes between meetings. So I like to consolidate those for certain days. Nice, nice. So I wanted to ask what be maybe top three tips which you could give to some company which either wants to move remotely or just maybe starting to work remotely since you have more experience from working remotely yourself. And again, like your product sounds like the perfect solution for anyone working remotely. Are there any free yeah. tips you would give to people in this place? Yeah, I'd say first of all, don't completely throw out the idea that um, you don't completely adhere to the idea that you don't need a workspace or you don't need an office because there are options, you know, like us and there's so many providers out there that can give you places to work only when you need it. So don't completely throw out that idea um, of needing a workspace, but 
you know, be efficient, be smart about your time and your resources, obviously. And then two, I would say transparency is, is really key. And that comes, that comes into play with communication or just using software, using tools that, you know, make a project visible to everyone at every step. We also use, like, so I participated in some of the design aspects of it being on the content and marketing side. So we use something called Zeppelin, which is kind of like a visualization tool, photoshop mixed with Google Drive kind of thing, because you can see... What's the name of the software again? It, it's called Zeppelin. Zeppelin. Okay. Yeah. So you could see like either mock-ups or web pages or, you know, mobile pages or, you know, really any sort of design or build out or spec in real time and you can comment on it. And it's just a little bit more uh, designed. So having that transparency is really key in making sure everyone understands what's going on. Everyone knows what tasks they have. And then three, um, I'd say just take ownership of your own workday because when you work remote, you're not going to have a manager looking over your, your shoulder and not everyone functions like this. Not everyone is necessarily a self-starter and not everyone can necessarily work without guidance. So remote work might not be for everyone, but I think that's a skill that people can develop, you know, have ownership over their own work, set their own schedule, set their own goals, work with their priorities because no one is going to be there to tell you what to do. Yeah, I really like this one. I can recommend a book. Uh, I don't know if you read it, but it's a book by Jocko Willing called Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy SEALs lead and win. I read it last year and made a big impact on myself. And it's talking about this point where you need to take ownership, basically, of whatever it is you're doing on any any rank, whether you're the leader, whether you're like the person in the front. Uh, so it's a great book. Total, I totally agree. And, and I, exactly what you said there, I think it's such a good point that it's at any rank. It doesn't matter what if you're an intern or if you're a manager or director or C-level. You know, taking pride and ownership in your work is not only going to make you happier, but it's going to make you perform better. And it's going to, it's going to show. It's going to be, the proof's going to be in the pudding for, for the rest of your team and for the company. Absolutely. It just adds huge levels of happiness, even forgetting the other benefits. Because uh, everyone kind of wants to be owning whatever they're doing. I also wanted to, like, whoever who is listening, I found the software just to make sure people get it correctly. Like Zeppelin is Z E. BLIN.io, if anyone is interested in this software, I just thought it's uh, really interesting. Yeah, we use, I mean, that's for like design in sort of in the cloud. We use uh, Trello board. We use Google Drive, obviously, that's a common one. Slack is a pretty common one. True. And then there's some, there's a new one which is really cool, which is also cloud based. It's called Drift. Let me see if I can just pull up the link real quick. But it, I know them, drift.com, I guess. Yeah, yeah, Drift is really cool because you can incorporate chatbots and you can incorporate, you know, messaging cycles and there's so much you can, you can do like A-B testing of messages. There's a lot that you can do in there and it's all accessible from whoever's a member on the team. And then there's another one that I use specifically. This is probably what I'm using the most. It's called Persist IQ. And that's like a, it's like an email sending tool. It's kind of like a MailChimp mixed with yet another mail merge, which is a, it's a Google add-on. Okay. But it allows you to send messages 
in mass to leads, customize messages, track the performance of those, and build campaigns around those messages. So while MailChimp might be better for like a newsletter or bulk messages or something like that, or I mean, we also use, we use Marketo for newsletters and bulk messages, Persist is more for campaigns. You know, if you have four or five messages that you want to send and you want it to be personal, it doesn't, it doesn't render as like an HTML email, if you know what I mean. Like it, there's, it's not like image heavy. It's, you don't need to build, you don't need to custom build or code in HTML and CSS to use it. You can just pop in, use it, send quick messages and, and move really quickly. So yeah. I'll check that software. And yeah, Drift is, I don't, we don't use Drift, we use Intercom, but we got the same as competitors. And yeah, I, I mean, that made a mm -hmm. huge change being able to really use all the bots, the A-B tests, and really all of those features. I think those are really crucial for every company today in 2018. I totally agree. I, I think the year of the chatbot in 2017 and 2018 is definitely the year of the chatbot because you know people want immediate gratification. So you're not there to answer their questions, and yeah, especially if you have a lot the of world where you, yeah. yeah, you need you need a representative, whether that's a person or a bot or a mix of the two. You just need to be there at the time of the inbound, because what what we say in the commercial real estate world is is time kills deals. So the faster you can respond to someone, the faster you can give them proper information, the more likely you are to close the deal and. Uh, I agree. I agree. Well, um, we're kind of getting closer to the end of the show. Are there any other tools you didn't cover? Maybe some of the marketing or top marketing tools being if you as a marketing manager, anything else you want to add to those list of tools, which you guys are using or you're using daily for marketing? Yeah. So there's a lot of like plugins. I mean, I also run our WordPress website. So there's a lot of like little things, especially for entrepreneurs and small companies that are like free plugins. So for people who have WordPress sites and WordPress is one of the you know, fastest and easy with easiest ways to get a website up that can help with your SEO. We use something called Yoast SEO, which is pretty good. Um, we use Mailchitions on our WordPress site as well. Like there's a million different data tools that we use. One of them is called Hunter, which is you know, helping to find people's emails. So if you do a lot of demand gen marketing, Hunter is pretty useful. There's something called Scrap, S-K-R-E-P.io. Same kind of thing, but it's a little bit heavier of a tool. Um, if Persist IQ is too heavy of a tool, like, you know, you know, it costs money and all that. And it's really built for, you know, reaching out to thousands of people at once. But if you only need to reach out to 50 people at once and you want a customized message, I would recommend yet another mail merge, which is a, plug-in for Google Sheets. So it's really easy to use. You just fill out your columns with email and then any other customizable columns you want. Usually you put in a first name, maybe you can put a company. You can get really down in there, you know, putting in like any sort of revenue number or employee count or any data point you can use, you can put into the Google Sheet and then have it sent out in a customized way with yet another mail merge, and that links directly to, to Gmail. And another one that links to Gmail, which is good for people like you and me who work at night, is Boomerang. Uh, <laughs> That's all good, yeah. Let you, uh, good. Yeah, you know, send uh, emails in, the, in, you know, if you're at, at night, you can send it eight hours later or any time later. I use it a lot to remind myself of things because I like 
I'm a little OCD about having inbox zero, so I don't want to have a lot of unread messages, but if I don't need to look at it now, I'll boomerang it to myself in a month or whenever I need to look back at it. Yeah, it's, it's a great software. Another one is called followup.cc, just an alternative which I use as well. And yeah, it's a really great software for like email management. Um, you can like follow up with messages and later. That's a cool one. Um, and what would yeah. be free marketing books, which maybe you can recommend to people? I would say like you like marketing books are not necessarily what I'm reading. I'm more reading maybe blogs. It can be blogs or podcasts or blogs and stuff like that. Like the Moz blog. There's we use a tool called Litmus, which is like test and email deliverability and test it for errors. They also have really good blogs for people who do a lot of HTML emailing. Um, or emailing in mass. Those two blogs are really good. And then, I mean, I curate the news that I read or the things that I read via Google. Like I'm an all Google person. So I just set up alerts for different terms, like, you know, content marketing, digital marketing. I have one for flexible work. So, you know, it could be either like an Engadget or a TechCrunch, or it could be a Medium post. Um, it could be any of those things. It'll just prompt. So it'll just prompt me if something's relevant there. So I'm not every day on, you know, blogs or something like that. I'm, I'm more using like a, an automated curated set of reminders and just looking, you know, what's in the news these days. Cause you, you know, things move so, so fast. Yeah. Yeah. They change so quickly today. Yeah. That you just gotta stay on top of that. And, um, like Google also ha like Google analytics, they have like really good forums and Google AdWords has really good forums too. So it doesn't even necessarily have to be blog form, but just using the tools that you have and the forums there to get information, you can talk to the community. I've done that a lot with Marketo because I was very new to Marketo when I jumped into this role, uh, just using the community or using their support people to get answers. And then a lot of times they'll refer you to different articles and, and, and all that. So my advice would be just, if you feel like you need to read something first, maybe check out a few of those blogs, but really just go and do it. And then if you come to a roadblock, then use the tool that you have at hand to find support or find a community. Basically nothing you can't Google find the answer for, but I'd say just go for it and keep going until you hit a roadblock. And then once you hit that roadblock, then uh, work your way through it. I agree. Yeah. Thank God, Google. And yeah, there's a nice quote by Tony Robbins. I think he says like, knowledge is potential power, but the execution is the ultimate power. So if someone goes to read those blogs, like definitely totally. to go execute, do it. And you'll learn so much quicker than just reading for a blog or a book as well. I totally agree. And I like to say, you know, ideas are easy. It's, it's all about execution. Execution is the multiplier. You know, you can have a million dollar idea, but if your execution is like 10%, then it's not really a, a great idea to start with, or, or you can't implement it. If you have a hundred thousand dollar idea but your execution is really on point then you're you're going to do a lot better so don't don't be too concerned necessarily about knowing everything going in just go for it execute on it find the solution when you can find the solution go to your community go to the community around the software that you're using yeah for marketing folks i'd recommend moz and um litmus as two pretty good ones Sources. Yeah, I really like Moz, and yeah, I 100% agree. Just the, the companies that are ruling today, in general, those are the companies that are just knowing how to execute and run fast, even if they break 
some stuff and this relates to anything you want to do on marketing end as well. Yeah, I mean, fail fast and you'll uh, pick yourself up. Better to fail fast than to not learn at all. Absolutely. So, uh, Richard, where could people find you online or if someone listening to this wants to rent some office space and use liquid space, where would be the best place to kind of get started from them and learn more about you guys? Yeah, um, so you can access liquid space at liquidspace.com. You can follow us on Twitter at liquid space or on Facebook, liquid space as well and LinkedIn. I would recommend if someone wants to reach out to me personally, they can email me at marketing at liquidspace.com and I'm happy to, I love having conversations with people, whether it's, you know, there's an immediate opportunity there or if that's a limiting opportunity. So I encourage everyone, if you have, if you have some questions, if you want to learn more about Liquid Space, about my role at Liquid Space or anything we talked about in this discussion, feel free to email me and I'll get back to you. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, we covered pretty lots of tools today for working remotely. Uh, we also covered some good tips. Um, so anyone wants to work remotely or work remotely, I think can uh, take a lot of things out of this call. So yeah, Richard, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks, Yuli. I really appreciate your time. Small quest before you leave. So if you enjoyed the show, we would really appreciate to receive a five-star review on iTunes or your favorite podcast app that can really help and we also would love to hear any feedback that you have anything else you want us to ask anyone coming to the show anything you want to change improve add or something you like really any feedback we really, really appreciate it have a great day